0: and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash slash film. Hello everyone and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I am the senior writer at slashfilm.com and I am joined on today's episode by slash film writer, Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, Chris, let's talk very briefly about some John Wick 4 news. There's been some casting news on uh, on that movie, and that is that Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in Andy Muschietti's two-film adaptation of Stephen King's It, is going to be in John Wick Chapter 4 or John Wick 4 or whatever the official title of that movie is going to be. We have no idea what character he's playing, so he really could be just about anybody. I'm a little bummed that there aren't more details about this because... When Donnie Yen was cast, uh, I think that was last Friday, we at least knew that he was like a a friend of John Wick's. So we can sort of imagine, you know, in in the the event of like a full scale brawl in these movies that it would be cool to see uh, Keanu Reeves and Donnie Yen standing back to back and fighting off a bunch of assassins or whatever. But we have no idea where Bill Skarsgård is going to be in the mix here. So I just wanted to ask you real quick, what do you think about uh, a guy like Bill Skarsgård jumping into an action film like this?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm all for it, especially if he plays Pennywise again. (laughs) John Wick has to fight Pennywise. I'd watch that. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, he's a a good actor, and he's got a very um, unique look in that he's a handsome guy, but he's also kind of ugly. It's like a weird mix where he's like a really – good-looking, weird-looking guy. Yeah, he's got
0: like a little bit of a gaunt vibe, but also like very stylish sometimes. Yeah, he's he's a
1: very attractive man, but he's also (laughs) very weird-looking. It's like a weird combo. So it's kind of like that Michael Shannon thing where it's like there's something off about this guy, but he's also handsome. And that's how I feel about Bill Skarsgård. And I'm sure he'll, you know, I I have a hard time picturing him playing like nice characters just because I just immediately associate him with... Pennywise. So mm-hmm. in my mind, it's like, oh, he's going to be a villain. But you know, you never know. He might just be he might just be like one of those uh those subway bums that work for Lawrence Fishburne. For
0: all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you thought that, like, uh, you know, if, if you follow Bill Skarsgård on social media, you're going to start seeing him get, you know, completely jacked or something and, and do like a martial arts training. It, he doesn't strike me as the type that would be you know, like in the action in in that much of a physical way, he seems like maybe more of like a continental employee or something to me. But um, I guess you know, I don't, I don't want to put Bill Skarsgard in a box. He can do whatever he wants. So yeah. Uh all right, let's move to our next item here, which is that uh Stephen speaking of Stephen King, uh Christine is getting a new adaptation. Tell me about that, Chris.
1: Yes, uh, there is a new take on Christine on the way. Christine is, of course, the Stephen King novel about a killer car it was published in uh 1983 um and uh that same year it was turned into a movie by john carpenter because they they saw at that point stephen king was such a big name they were you know selling his book rights before the books even came out uh and now it's getting a new adaptation from brian fuller who of course uh created a bunch of great shows he created pushing daisies and hannibal and uh dead like me and all these other shows and believe it or not, I actually this actually surprised me. But this is Brian Fuller's directorial debut, both on big and small screen. Like he's never actually directed before, which huh. I don't know. I just always just assumed he had because he was involved with so many shows. But uh, up until now, he's only been a writer and producer. So this is actually going to be his his big directorial debut. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah. What do you think about Brian Fuller, you know, um, tackling Stephen King material? What do you think about the the blending of those two creative voices coming together?
1: I'm really excited about this because I loved Hannibal. Hannibal was, was, was like one of my favorite shows of all time. And the idea and, you know, that, too, is based on not Stephen King, but it's based on, you know, pulpy <laughs> books that were bestsellers. And Brian Fuller, you know, he took that material and turned it into something really unique that we really hadn't seen before. So even though I think the John Carpenter adaptation is good and I always get a little apprehensive when someone comes along and tries to do something that John Carpenter did because no one could do it as well as him. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I am very excited to see what Brian Fuller does with this material.
0: Do you think I have not seen the original Christine? Do you think that there is um, enough there to make like a, a substantially different take on on that material
1: yeah i do think Brian fuller will find a way to do i mean for one thing it's probably going to be like an updated because you know the, the book took place in the 80s when it was released and uh you know i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of differences there but yeah i do think there is room uh you know while i'm being honest as much as i love Stephen king christine is actually not that good of a book you know it, it's famous because it's one of i think it, it was he was his eight his eighth novel so it came you know when he was at the start of his career and he was the biggest thing in horror ever so it has that reputation but it's not a good book it's kind of crappy so there's a lot of room for improvement there okay
0: uh, our next story involves the return of Mike Myers. He is going to be, uh, he's actually created a new Netflix limited comedy series called the Pentaverite in which he will play seven brand new characters alongside a cast that includes people like uh, Ken Jeong from community, uh, Keegan, Michael Key from Key and Peele, uh, Debbie Mazer from uh, Goodfellas and uh, a few other folks. Um, the premise of this uh, limited comedy series is What if a secret society of five men has been working to influence world events for the greater good since the Black Plague of 1347? As this new series begins, one unlikely Canadian journalist finds himself embroiled in a mission to uncover the truth and just possibly save the world himself. Remember, the pentavirate must never be exposed. Um, So uh, before we get any further into this, Chris, uh, have you missed Mike Myers recently? He was like very... um, What's the word? Omnipresent, almost, it felt like, you know, in the in the late 90s and early 2000s. But he's sort of, um, he's been relatively quiet over the past few years. Have you missed Mike Myers being in the cultural conversation?
1: But Ben, don't you remember his amazing cameo in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, where he plays a record executive who's like, no one will ever listen to the song Bohemian Rhapsody. How could I miss Mike Myers? No, um, I, uh,
0: I, I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody at uh, all. Well, so bad. he
1: <laughs> he has a cameo where, and it's supposed to be like you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because obviously he helped make Bohemian Rhapsody even bigger with Wayne's World and so on. So that's like, oh, it's funny because it's Mike Myers saying <laughs> that movie is bad. Anyway, Mike Myers, he's fine. I you know, I I never disliked Mike Myers, but I was never like, ooh, new Mike Myers movie. So I kind of liked the idea that Mike Myers was like, I don't need to have a comeback, but I guess he changed his mind. You know, he's popped up here and there. Like he had a really amusing, but kind of weird cameo in in Glorious Bastards (laughs) and stuff like that. So I kind of liked that he was doing those things, but I guess, I guess he's got the urge to come back and, you know, put on a fat suit and do crazy accents again
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you know there's like i have to admit there is like a base um a base part of my soul that actually finds some of that pretty funny um so uh yeah i'm a little curious to see what what he does here and especially the fact that he's created this show um he's executive producing it it seems like his you know his um his passion project or something it's not necessarily just him stepping into somebody else's work so I'm, i'm curious what this looks like the idea of a, a secret society, I actually have some questions about this because there's a secret society of five men that's been working since 1347. Like, are these people immortal? Is it one person passed down to multiple generations or something? Like, what exactly is going on there? I don't know. Um and then the other sort of interesting thing about this is the the show is called The Pentaveret, which is like a little bit of a, a mouthful. Uh, as far as I know, it's not a real word. It's just something that, or, or I guess it doesn't really, I don't know. I couldn't really find anything when I Googled it to write the story, except for uh, a clip from the 1993 movie, So I Married an Axe Murderer, uh, in which Mike Myers plays a... Uh, I guess he plays his his he plays the protagonist of that film, and he also plays uh, that character's father, who is that speaks in this really heavy Scottish accent. It's and basically just, the Shrek voice. It's yeah. Just yes. Exactly. Uh, and he like goes off. He plays this guy who, yeah, the heavy Scottish accent. He gets all of his news from tabloids, so he goes off on this speech about how the Pentaverate is this, uh, you know, this this five pronged secret society that's been running you know, uh, all the, the media and everything. And it involves like the queen and like the Rothschilds and the Gettys and uh, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so it's, it's meant to be, you know, this, this joke moment, but um, that movie came out in 1993 and now Mike Myers is making a movie called the pentaverts or a, a show. Sorry. So I'm, I'm wondering if like that has just been something that is like stuck in his craw for decades now. And he's just been like ruminating on this single topic or, uh, or what, what the history is there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, cautiously optimistic about what this uh looks like i like ken jong i like keegan michael keegan michael key especially so i um, curious to see what happens there so uh let's move to our last story of today's show which is um involving loki which uh you know we've mentioned talked a little bit about on yesterday's episode um tomorrow is going to be our, our full-blown you know loki uh spoiler discussion but uh before we get there chris tell us about a loki short film that almost happened
1: Right, so I don't know if people remember this, but back when the Marvel Cinematic Universe was getting started, they had these things, they were called like one-shots, and they were short movies. They kind of stuck onto the, uh, I guess like the the DVDs and the Blu-rays. And mm-hmm. They were like in the, the same continuity, but they focused on like side stories and stuff like that. And they kind of stopped making them and uh, for whatever reason. But um, during this press conference, uh, Kevin Feige revealed that uh at one point you know back before there even was a loki show they were considering making a loki short movie and he didn't come right out and say it was going to be a one shot but i can't imagine like what else it would be because that's what they were so but he said that uh this this short movie was going to have loki running a studio 54 like club back in the 1970s but It just, you know, it never came together. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll explore that in the show, but yeah, that's, we almost got that back in the day.
0: So uh, this reminded me of uh, the TV show Lucifer, which have you ever checked out that show by any chance, Chris? No, I I know of it. it.
1: I've just never watched it.
0: Yeah. I've had to write articles about it for the site before, but I've never seen it myself, but um, I think, I think it's on Netflix right now. Um, Maybe it like the sixth season or something it's final season. But anyway, the the premise of that show is that uh, the devil comes to Los Angeles and he runs a nightclub called Lux and becomes a consultant to the LAPD. And this concept that you're, you just laid out for Loki reminds me a lot of that. And and Lucifer has been around for several years already. So I, I wonder if they sort of had this idea and then Lucifer sort of like beat them to the punch and they're like, ah, well this would look, look like we're ripping off, you know, this, uh, I don't know. Was that a CW show or a Fox show before it went to? Netflix? I think it was Fox. Remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess just pour one out for Club Loki. But like you said, that you know the, <laughs> the new um, the new Loki show, the, the one that's actually debuting this week, sounds like there's tons of room for all sorts of flashes through time and different alternate realities and stuff. So maybe they were able to actually like work some of that into the the show itself. Um, Are you going to be watching Loki uh, as it airs week to week, Chris, I know that you waited for WandaVision to, um, you know, to to wrap up its run before you just like binge the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I'll probably wait till it's done. Honestly. I don't, I know a lot of people like the weekly model, especially now that it's like, rare but Mm -hmm. i honestly like the binge thing i like to blow through things in a week. i'm a busy guy so i want to get this stuff done so i can focus on other things so i'll probably wait until it's done or i'll wait until like you know if the buzz is like bad maybe i won't even watch it all because i still haven't watched falcon and the winter soldiers because that did not look good to me and i felt like all the reviews for that were kind of like apologetic they were like it's okay and it was yeah. like people, people trying to like not admit it wasn't that good so yeah there uh, were
0: some really good ideas in it but it just i i was not like a huge fan of that show and i yeah. i feel like you're not really missing too much by by i just don't it,
1: really but... care about those characters in general like, yeah I mean, no offense to anthony mackie and sebastian stan who seem like nice folks i just don't I'm, i've never really been interested in like you know Bucky like I don't give a shit about Bucky
0: I'm sorry <laughs> yeah so uh I'm curious to see how how like the general public responds to Loki because I know that the the critical reception is, has been um pretty positive th- thus far but that generally seems to be the case with most Marvel related stuff so I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be a disconnect there or if people are, are are sort of fully on board for the weirdness that will uh that will surely be on the way with Loki so um yeah stay tuned tomorrow we're going to do a, a full breakdown episode and that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. You can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com, of course, and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget also to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.